I am the Edison Phonograph, created by the great wizard of the new world to delight those who would have melody or be amused. I can sing you tender songs of love. I can give you merry tales and joyous laughter. I can transport you to the realms of music. I can cause you to join in the rhythmic dance. I can lull the babe to sweet repose or waken in the aged heart soft memories of youthful days. Hi everybody, how's it going? Welcome to episode number three of the FullMcLaughlin.com podcast. We are here in Duality Studios, beautiful College Park, Maryland. It's, uh, what's today? The 27th, but you're going to be listening to this on a different day. I don't know which day that is yet, but it's going to be Monday. So 7.13 p.m. Right, well, it is 7.13 p.m., yeah. So if you're really keeping track, uh, there you go. Um, I'm here with my friend, Edishan Khalil, uh, He's an expert in in the vinyl world. Uh, he collects and listens to vinyl records. And I so had a few. I'd say that that makes you an expert as mm-hmm. much as as much as the next guy. A few dozen. A few dozen. I got a I got a few hundred. <laughs> <laughs> few million. Uh oh. Yeah, but uh, we he's got a few a few records. So yeah, we are looking at a couple of his records, one of his records right now. Yeah, I thought we grabbed one just for inspiration. Just thinking about it. Yeah, this one yesterday. It's a police album. So Yada Mandata, one of their best. They've got Don't Stand So Close to Me on here, Driven to Tears, mm-hmm. and Behind My Camel. All bonafide go. classics. There we go. And Flynn, hold this vinyl. Hold it. Hold it in your hands. Yeah, I haven't. I, since I started doing the research for this, I haven't actually held a, a record, but I've looked at a lot of them. But it took a lot to get here. It That's did. What we found it, out. It really did. And it's actually pretty crazy. <laughs> the stuff that, like, yeah, it goes into this thing. It took a lot to get here. Yeah. So we are. We're not, unfortunately, a video podcast. So you're not. Well, maybe we'll post a picture of this particular album online so you can mm-hmm. you can see it'll be in the show notes don't worry uh so yeah uh speaking of the show notes this episode uh, i have sh- a much shorter notes than usual uh so it's going to be hopefully i mean i always i've said this the past two times i'm trying to do you know like half history and then half like kind of talking about it but it always ends up being mostly history this time because the notes uh, the notes just aren't there i, I think i should be fine we're going to wing it, but it's going to be all facts. We're going to wing it. But it's all facts. Sure, yeah. There's no lies. No half-truths. I didn't really do as much hard research, but as far as I know, Wikipedia didn't lie to me on this. And this website didn't lie to me either, but I'll get into that later. Okay, so let's, uh, let's get let's started. Let's get into it. Yeah, okay. So, incredible. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is going to be great. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, many of us are familiar in some sense with the technology known as vinyl records. Whether that is firsthand or through, oh, Jesus, uh, firsthand or through exposure, uh, just general around, like you just see them around. Um, for most of the history of recorded sound, records were the most common medium, uh, and since, I mean, we'll, we'll get into how long. You can say now they are too, honestly. Honestly, they're yeah. People don't really buy CDs anymore. Uh, it's, most of the stuff's digital now. So. Just streaming and vinyl, but that's 
Right, but we'll get into it. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that. Um, so yeah, like like we just said, uh, vinyl has seen a huge resurgence in the past ten to fifteen years uh, amongst collectors and audiophiles alike. Um, this isn't going to be an episode about the broader history of audio recording, but because we're talking about vinyl, it kind of ends up just sort of being about uh, the the broad history of audio recording. So, um, so we start with a thing called the phonograph which most of our notes, are, both of us are kind of centered on apparently. There's so much about the phonograph. <laughs> it's insane. It's crazy. I There's guess, days of research on the phonograph. It's, yeah, I mean, I really do. I was researching it for a couple of days. I kept on like opening the same Wikipedia article and I was like, damn, I'm still here. I'm still looking at the same machine, but uh, I know it pretty well now. So um, that's good. Yeah, here we go. So the phonograph, before uh, the invention of recording music, we obviously had to invent a means by which to record that audio. Um, this first step was taken by a Frenchman named Edward Leon Scott de Martinville. I'm Legend. sorry. Legend. Yeah, I'm not good at French names. Legend. I apologize. Merci. <laughs> but uh, this happened in 1857. Um, he created the, the phonograph. And Wikipedia mentions that before that, uh, there were some attempts to trace the vibrations that tuning forks made. Um, which I definitely think counts, but I don't really have a lot of hard detail on that, so I'm not going to talk about it. Sorry. Right. They did record audio, but you can't play that back, obviously, because that's silly. Uh, but whatever. Um, and I think that recording just sound, like, from the tuning fork, and recording music and voices are pretty different, um, just in general. So, yeah, whatever. Uh, but they're all in the same thing. It's all the same kind of idea. And... The, the mechanics behind it are actually all kind of similar too. Um, it's it's basically these machines and these devices uh, are essentially just mechanically recording the sympathetic vibrations that are created um, by sound waves whenever any sound is made. And it's just kind of mimicking the sound waves uh, with some kind of means, uh, whatever that inventor decided to use. The reasons that they did this uh, could be for a lot of reasons really um just purely because they're curious about what it would be like to do that um or to study human speech patterns and how study how people communicate and and yeah uh, yeah there was no recorded audio before it you know it was right. something i think everyone knew would be happening mm-hmm. the radio was happening around that time mm-hmm. it compiled right with that invention mm-hmm. we need to record audio and Right. We started small. It's crazy. I mean, it's to think of a time where we didn't have the ability to record any audio at all. And I mean, we have some examples of, I'll get into later, we have some examples of the first uh, recordings. And like, yeah. they don't sound great, but it's pretty crazy to think that before that there was, no, you couldn't get anything. You know, like that's pretty wild. Um, but yeah, all right, we'll, get, we'll get there. We'll get there. People are still dying at age 50. Right, I mean, yeah. But we had recording, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, it's 18, 1857. Mm. Long time ago, baby. That's a long time. Not a good year. No, no, no. Not a good year for most things, but good year for audio. Uh, so, to get a bit more to the mechanics of it all, the phonograph more or less functioned like a giant mechanical human ear. Um, it was comprised of a big horn-shaped thing um, that had, like, a flexible membrane on the small end of it. And that was like stretched over it, like very tight. And that would be connected to some kind of lightweight stylus or needle of some kind. Um, they usually used a pig bristle. 
and this would like run through lamp black which is um it's the the carbon deposit basically left behind after burning a lamp um, on the glass so it's just like it's ink essentially um so they would trace through that and just kind of vibrate along with the membrane uh and make the sound waves on a piece of paper that would be moving across it or a piece of glass. That's the crazy thing, <clears throat> is that it was paper at first. Like it was yeah. paper. Again, then it became so thick. Because it's all mechanical. I mean, there's no digital stuff. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no digital recording. So. But you would have thought, I would have thought that it would be a harder subject at first, a harder, mm-hmm. harder material. Right. We got that later. Right. We got paper at first is crazy to think And about. it's just a drawing. I mean, right. it's literally just a visual representation. There's a kind of, uh, I have a picture of uh, what these look like. They're, that's on on the website, on my, my notes. Check so it out. Check it out, yeah, from McLaughlin.com. Um, did I even say the name of the podcast? I think I did, yeah. Okay, we're fine. <laughs> um, this is the... This is just a podcast, right? <laughs> uh, so, like the result was a visual representation of the sound waves being created by whatever source the noise came from. Um, so, as it was designed by Martinville, the machine just kind of recorded down onto a flat surface. But eventually, a man named Rudolf Koenig uh, would come along and make a, uh, a model, essentially the same. It's, it's a phonograph, but um, they used a cylinder rather than the flat plate. And that's what changed the game. Right. The, the cylinder, cylinder changed, the metal cylinder. Right. It really the changed. Paper to metal cylinder. Because it allowed the different things different things we'll get into uh, the finer quality of music as well right the, the paper like think the about fidelity it was improved yeah it's flimsy mm-hmm. you need a metal cylinder you can get them the grooves it's more straight it's going to sound more clear mm-hmm. but it, it's still a metal cylinder right and it, it just would last longer you right. could hold on to it longer. like the, there are still some surviving phonetic phonograms from uh martinville but i want them i i yeah i want them give, give me two but they're, I mean, it's it's paper. It's gonna go. It's gonna be gone eventually. But these like the metal cylinders and the wax cylinders and stuff. The wax probably won't last forever, but the metal ones will last a very long time. Uh, so that's, you know, that's cool. So yeah, it, and also it just the cylinder made the whole process easier and quicker, just in general and cheaper. I, I maybe working not with paper is very delicate. Yeah. So with metal, <laughs> carving the grooves inside was a lot. It can be a, it's a, it's a streamlined process. Definitely. You don't need, you know, artisans on that. Yeah, definitely. Let's see. Yeah, uh, the other thing about the cylinder is it kind of creates the, the look. That um, makes it, uh, it gives it a silhouette that is more familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of starts to look more like what we'll get into the uh, phonograph, which is coming next. I don't know. So, yeah, these, like I said before a couple times, these are strictly visual representations. Uh, they just show what the sound waves would look like. They had no actual playback capability. Eventually, we would come along and be able to transfer this recorded data and inverse it, basically, onto metal sheets and stuff. Um, so there was a raised surface that would be able to be played back. Which, Whenever you want it. Yeah, I mean, well, it's it's a similar means. Uh, but then we have, let's see, yeah, there, there's also been a more modern approach to this. Uh, in 2008, there was a team that uh, took all of the surviving things that they had from Martinville, and they, they scanned it, basically, and they made the audio listenable. Catch um, it on Spotify. Yeah, you can't catch it on Spotify, but... <laughs> 
Incredible. <laughs> My God. I, I really do like the sound of it. It's good. Uh, we got a whole board. I, I'm hit. We're ready. Oh, I'm so hit. Uh, but we have the audio. I am going to play it. I, I might have to edit it in later, so if it sounds like I edited it in later, maybe. But I'm going to play it straight up right now and we'll see ready. how it goes. So here we go. That's enough of that. Uh, so if, that's, if you didn't hear that, imagine a cold, dark day. It's raining outside. There's a ghost outside singing crunch. about her dead child. Yeah. Her dead child. That's what it is. It's mm-hmm. wailing on rain. Yeah. But I thought that there's probably a banger back then. Probably a banger. I mean, yeah, it was it was probably recognizable back then. I'll say that. Um, and like we said before, because there was no, I mean, I yeah, I don't know why like this is the song that he chose. There wasn't any playback, so it didn't really matter what he chose. But it's yeah, whatever. It was a hit. It was a hit. It had to have been a hit. I mean, it was a folk song, so it's just number one on the charts. Uh, the name is Au Clair de la Lune or something. Au Clair de la Lune. Yep, Lune. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't speak French. Lune. I'm really not a. Merci. I'm not a polyglot in that sense, unfortunately. But uh, I'm a sapiosexual. Oh sure. <laughs> I'm attracted to big minds, big brains. <laughs> big <but>. brain. <laughs> Uh, okay, so, that whip, man, it never gets old, man. it really doesn't. <laughs> okay, so, do you have anything more about the phonograph you want to say? Yeah, well, the phonograph, you know, Flynn did a great job of describing what it was and what it did, but it truly didn't come into its own until Emil Berlinger. Well, that's, you know? that's, no, but that's the phonograph. Hold on, we're getting there. Slow down there, bud. <laughs> Slow down there, bud. We got so much research. It's okay. That's, we got so much research. I know you do. I know you do, baby. It's okay. I'm ready. All right, we'll get there. Um, yeah. So, okay, but you're done with the phonograph. Yeah. Okay. It did its job. That it did its job. That recording encapsulated it everything recorded. it was. Yeah. It, it <laughs> That's really, as far as we could go with the phonograph. It's not high fidelity, not really no. great quality music. No, no, no. It, it works. Think LimeWire when it first came out. Right. It's a lot. Yeah. Very similar, probably. Uh, harder to harder to access. Um, <laughs> Okay, so we're moving on to the phonograph. So here we go. Here we go. This is the stuff we we really know about, huh? Uh, so phonograph. This is the piece of audio recording history I think most people are already at least somewhat familiar with. Uh, the phonograph was the next logical step after the phonograph, uh, especially after the redesign with the cylinder in 1859. Um, the machine that is considered the first "quote unquote" talking machine was invented by uh, Thomas Alva Edison, of course. Uh, lies. Yeah, I mean, maybe lies. He's, yeah. Uh, a thief. I'm impartial. Like, it is what it is. Um, While there's so many politics about a man that invented himself almost 150 years ago. Because people are... It's the Tesla thing. And, like, I, I like Nikola Tesla as much as the next guy. Don't get me wrong. But, like, I don't worship any old science dude because they're all just... They're all just guys... You know, a, a movie came out about the whole thing, uh-huh. and Benedict Cumberpatch played Tesla. Really? I, yeah. I didn't even hear about it. And that. Tom Holland was his assistant. Huh. It was weird. That is strange. Right? Was it good? Did you see I it? never saw it. I saw a trailer, but I was like, okay, <clears throat> this is what happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, I didn't even hear about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so, uh, so Edison made the 
Phonograph in 1881. When did you do that? Did I even put the year here? It was 78. 1878? Yeah, when that came out. There you go. So, 1878, there you go. And the idea uh, to do, like, the technology existed before. Another man actually invented um, the machine that could do it, but he never, well, he didn't invent it. He couldn't make it. He didn't have enough money to to actually build it. So Edison came in. Right, so, yeah. Did his thing. (laughs) But there there isn't really much evidence saying that... that, sound believe so good. Um, there's not much evidence saying that Edison really stole directly. It's a kind of a different technology. But this guy there's Charles no Cross, Crows Cross, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> Chrissy Crozet. Um, he his idea was called the paleophone. Mm. And basically mm. I'm not gonna get too much into the mechanics of it because it never existed. Um, like paleo diet, no food. Got it. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know why it's called a paleophone. Actually, it's called ancient sound, or that's what I mean, ancient sound or something. Um, but he uh, he thought this idea up, and he it's basically where it it photo engraves grooves onto a metal disc or cylinder, and then runs a stylus on it, and it plays the sound back that way. But I don't really know much about the mechanics of it. I don't really understand it, so I'm not going to try and explain it. <clears throat> um, but he did take his plans to the French Academy of Sciences before Edison came up with his thing. Um, and he submitted his ideas to them and said, I can't make this yet, but I want you guys to know I came up with this idea. Mm-hmm. Like I had this, Classic had this brilliant idea. Classic <clears throat> but he also released it um, public, like he released it open. Which open source, quote is what really... Took it off. Right. It's so, not, I mean, is he a bad guy? Yeah. Did he, you know? But right. I mean, I, just, I yeah. He he's not a bad guy, but he was certainly not uh, letting his technology be let out to the public. So and that was, was quite the opposite of this man Charles Cross, who's a nice, nice looking guy, nice sounding guy at least. Cross, Rose. I really C R O S. So whatever that is. Um, Edison is widely cited as the creator of the phonograph, uh, which was capable of recording as well as playback. Um, instantly, you could record something and then play it back right away. So his early machine used a cylinder covered in tin foil as the medium through which the music would be etched. Um, but this wasn't really super hi-fi. Um, it's it's just kind of um, I don't know. But he messed around with uh, disc and tape formats. And he tried a couple things and ultimately got to the wax cylinder, which sounded better, um, easier to ship, and it lasted a while. And when, what was it made of, do you know? The wax cylinder? Yeah, what was the wax? I'm not sure. I think it was beeswax, wasn't it? It was insect resin, I think. Oh, well, no, that's the records. That's the shellac. Right, right the shellac. What's, what's the, were cylinders made out of shellac, too? Yeah, I think so. Uh, the, the wax ones, yeah. Because uh, they use beeswax, mm-hmm. which I mean... And then they covered it in shellac. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You see, I didn't really get mm-hmm. too much into mm-hmm. the, the cylinders because I was looking more for the records. You know? Right, right. But yeah, there's just so much information; it's crazy. Mm-hmm. But we're breaking it down right now. We're doing our best. Like we're not, we're not actually experts. <laughs> Secret, but whatever. I guess maybe I should put that disclaimer. But I don't. Care. Eh, fuck it. We're, we're experts. I mean, I'm an audiophile, and you're a audiophilic. Right. I mean, I'm making making the podcast, so you know it's. What bigger audiophile is that? The podcaster. I don't know. I, I mean, I, you know, I can't think of one. 
except for I, I'm not really an audiophile. I don't even have headphones. <laughs> so, whatever. Um, he, he blasts his music on his phone. I, sometimes I do. <laughs> when he's walking down the street. Not, not that guy, though. <laughs> uh, sometimes it works, though. Anyway, let's let's finish up the history in a second, because I only have another two paragraphs, because I, like I said, I didn't I didn't do the notes. And then we can so. streamline it real quick. Yeah. Until it's popping off during <clears throat> World War Two. Shout out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> You're, yeah, the whip. And maybe the whip is getting me a little bit. All right, all right. Maybe try some other... Gunshot? We got a lot of other options. That's true. Nice. Let's go. It's cool. All right. Um, so, in 1887, a... Actually, you know, I'm gonna let you take this one away. This is about Bert Leonard, so if you want, I'm going here. Yeah, yeah. You got some notes on. I got some stuff. Okay, so take it so, away. So, Emil Bert he came in and he had a way better idea for the phonographs. Mm-hmm. He came and he introduced the. Well, it was already around, but he improved on the wax. And what they think, the thing was at the time, it was only a few minutes you could get out of each side. Right. So he created the seven inch. Mm. The seven inch, which is still used today sometimes right right now it's more 10 and 12 yeah sure but the seven inch came in all thanks to him he realized you could get more sound out of so it so just to clarify we're using discs now right right we're yeah. on discs mm-hmm. not fully final right but it's a disc but we're on yeah. a disc it's not now. a cylinder no. yeah and this is still this is the early 1900s mm-hmm. and so Bullinger came in and he had these discs that could do pretty well and then the thing was, at the same time, Edison was still using his technology. His cylinders. His right. cylinders. Right. And it was a sort of a, a competition mm-hmm. between these discs right. and the cylinders. So just uh, for those, those of you at home, uh, Berliner's invention is called uh, the gramophone. Gramophone. Which, right. Just a gramophone. The right. improvement. It's different the than the phonograph. Out. So the phonograph and the gramophone Very often different. are used interchangeably, but this is something that Edison uh, hated. He really hated that idea. He didn't want people calling his machine a gramophone because it wasn't. It's a phonograph. And so that's why um, in America, a lot of the time, the nomenclature is record player um, rather than gramophone. Just, But in England, they call it a gramophone. Uh, well, they used to uh, a lot more often. Um, but the name brand gramophone never really stuck in America that much. It was always a record player or, you know, whatever turntable became popular after a while uh, but yeah the um, vinyl's fallen the vinyl has fallen goodbye goodbye but um yeah so that's Berliner um and like I said yeah Edison worked really hard to make record player popular and gramophone not popular but gramophones he failed because the thing yeah. was at first Berliner's records even though he could play more music it still wasn't at the quality of edison's right. wax cylinder mm-hmm. then what happened was Berliner teamed up with a partner they made the victor talking company mm-hmm. and they were they were able to create a much finer uh wax and you probably heard of victor like you've probably seen victor the talking company it's huge mm-hmm. they made the vinyl yeah. pretty much yeah. and so with that with their technology they were to beat out edison mm-hmm. and they were they took because they they had they, they, they had the tennis and that can play both sides up right. to 20 to 30 minutes each side. That's a lot of music. And it was the quality was great. Hi fi, yeah, it sounds good. And so they had a beat, but little in fact, Edison still wanted to create the wax cylinders yep. and did so until 1929. Yep, he never. He gave didn't up. want to give up. He had the money to keep it going. It's <laughs> he insane. That's crazy. But their their cylinders were way more thin than wax cylinders, and mm-hmm. we were uh, way more um, transportable and profitable. Mm-hmm. So they won. Yeah, this, uh, the records just work. I mean, it, it just makes more sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, another big benefit to records that, well, I guess we'll get into that in a second. But 
Actually, this is a good good transition. Let's do the segue now. Uh, yeah, so a big thing that a lot of current collectors and collectors throughout time have liked about records, and artists too, um, is the size, the real estate that you get with a record, uh, like the cover. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's just a lot bigger of a space. Um, when you have a, a CD, it's tiny. When you have a small record, it's not as big. But like a, a nice big LP, like you have a big place to work with i would argue that the cover is sick but it's really the mm-hmm. the sleeve mm-hmm. yeah that definitely it's that secret that extra art that you get. yeah because yeah. in the cd you get the same thing the same album mm-hmm. cover even mm-hmm. on you know your streaming services but yep. that sleeve is only there's always on the some stuff there yeah there's always something cool a mess with lyrics the lyrics yeah mess with the art. yeah sometimes behind the scenes sometimes stuff. it's signed just for no like yeah. you just get yeah, a signed copy true. of something you'll go crap yeah. that's awesome like it's there's a lot of cool stuff about it so um yeah i definitely think that records uh there's a a big reason that they're they're coming back um and have come back not even coming back they're back uh i think i mean i've been collecting records since like high school middle school like i've been it's you know it's fun wait what was your first record first one i bought for myself um let me think it was probably I bought um, an Arctic Monkeys vinyl. I don't know if I bought banger? it. I got it as a banger. Gift, but it is a banger. It was um, which one? Was their uh, main album like 2012? Yeah, it was. Um, but that one song, they're all like, ah. I don't remember. Let me look it up actually. But I, I mean, I used to be. A That's a good album. Fan. Yeah, so did you? Monkeys. When you collected, was it mostly more modern stuff? Yeah, I've, uh, I, I kind of collected. Uh, what is it called? Uh, I collected I had stuff that looked good, but I also would go and just kind of go to the Kachunk and check out what they have. Um, shout out to Kachunk Records. Shout out. Yeah, if you're ever in Annapolis. Overpriced. Shout bit out. Overpriced, but they're, they're nice. Green College Park, CD Depot. CD Depot. Way cheaper, way more variety. Once I move to Pittsburgh, I'll let you guys know that I can put There's a there. bunch there. Yeah, I know there's a ton. There's It's a great city. Pittsburgh is an industry city. They yeah. probably made a lot of records <laughs> probably whatever people say and that's what I'm not it was this oh, okay, one okay I, I have this one what's the year on that? it's 2006 oh I had not hit that one but I um, yeah I had I, I probably have like I don't know maybe like 25 30 records I don't have like a huge huge collection or anything but I've just kind of bought things here and there that yeah, I like things um, you like my most recent one that I'm really proud of, I have Kids See Ghosts. I did buy Kids See Ghosts. I got that too. Did you? Yeah. How long did it take you to get it? So wait, where'd you get it from? I bought it from Kanye Direct. I got it from Amazon. Oh. Weird. I think it was a secondhand pressing. Weird. But yeah. it was really cheap. True. Yeah, I got it from Kanye and it took, uh, well, it said it, it would take six time, to eight right? weeks, but it took. That's still a long time. No, but it took um, months. Was it a cool sleeve? Yeah, it's tight. I mean, it's cool. It's a cool. I, mean, I like it, but. My secondhand one, it. There's no those sleeves is a white sleeve. I think it might be a white sleeve on the normal. I, I think it is, but it, the, but it's a great, it's great for vinyl because yeah. it's like seven songs. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's nice. It's a perfect size. Three on each side. And I don't really have a lot of hip hop records. I, that's like my only real one. You I You need have. a really good system. And that's the thing. Hip hop records. Why I don't get that many either? That's the weird thing about my current collection too is I have a record player but I don't use it. Oh. Um, what do you have? What do you got? You know? It's just like a, a Bosley thing. Okay. There. Not Bosley, or is that right? Crosby? Crosby. Yeah. yeah. Bosley's the hair stuff. Um, <laughs> it's the. <laughs> it's, Yo, shout out Bosley. Branching out there. Shout, shout out, out to Bosley. Bosley. Yeah, our sponsor, Bosley, <laughs> hair restoration. Yeah. Um, 
No, but it's just a, a crappy little turntable. But I want to get like a nice. Yeah, mine's stereo. got. Because I don't want to put my records on my. I don't want to put my nice right, records on Right, because honestly, that's the price of oh, not a good record player. Right, it is the screwed. needle is going to kind of fuck your records up. And I don't want to do that. I want to hold on to them and just not. I'll just listen. To, I'll, yeah. There's so many other ways to listen to music now that I don't right. have to settle for right, that. Right, so right. It's whatever. And once I get a good system, I'll have it. And I'll be able to play whatever I want on it. I think when I first started collecting, I was kind of just like, okay, I need as many as possible. Mm-hmm. So I would go to like uh, record stores and hit the bargain bin. Right. And if it just looked cool, I would get it. Like I two, that. three dollars, I would just get it. I feel it. Now I've got like over a hundred records. Uh-huh. But I'd say fifty of them are probably mid. Right. Yeah. But the I, other fifty are great. I have. I mean, yeah, I've got some that are just like old things that yeah. I have. I found in my parents' oh, cool. stack, and they have. Actually, one of the funniest records they have is um, is from my I, I played Scottish fiddle for a, a long time. I know, I, I know. I, I, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I didn't. I, yeah, it's but my teacher had an album. Maybe, maybe I'll do it someday on the podcast. Who you knows? But Ooh, uh, <laughs> the intro. Yeah, maybe we'll see about that. But my teacher, uh, Ginger Hillebrand, shout out Ginger. Uh, she she makes records uh, and like puts them out. Like she. Uh, creates music like or folk she's music. pressing yeah, it's like folk music oh okay right. um, I thought she was a one woman like her and her husband yeah. pressing records but my parents had a copy of her first album oh cool like before we even knew who she was on fine yeah they, wow. had, they just had a record in the basement I like found it one day and I, yeah it's very funny did it slap? it slaps Hell she's yeah. great I mean she's a really good artist and she's, she's got some good music but shout out it's like <laughs> shout out Ginger yeah she it's all colonial like fiddle and mm-hmm, guitar mm-hmm. music it's not like <clears throat> but it's cool it's you know it's a scene for sure. It's a scene. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, downstairs in the music collection, there was mm-hmm. a lot of vinyl. Mm-hmm. It was all flute symphonies. Ah, uh, nice. But whatever, there was like two that had really cool covers. Mm-hmm. So I just got them. Sure. And they sound really cool. Well, you could get at school, they could give them away. Like, yeah. They, there was a day every year where right. they would like clean everything out. That's I have, true. I got so many jazz records that way. I have like a bunch of Duke Ellington. Hell yeah. I got like a thick stack of Duke Ellington records. It's tight. It's like four or five like in a collection. King of jazz. It's awesome, dude. I love it. It's like, wow, I just got this for free. It's awesome. <laughs> I'll take it. What's your opinion on the classic, this vinyl sound better than regular music? Do you I, think there's any truth to that I'm theory? Not, like, I, like I already have established, I'm not really an audiophile. Um, I don't really, my ears don't pick up any difference. Right, I do it just because, like, it's, I like an album, I like, and now I have it. I like to have the know? physical medium. Right. I like to have a physical copy of it, but CDs are out. CDs are done. Yeah, it's just lame to have a CD. Right. It doesn't look cool on a shelf. No, it doesn't. And, like, yeah, I this, I, you have a bunch on a shelf where you can yeah. even just put the fucking thing up on the wall. Like, I have, you see that? I got one on the wall. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. If you really have one you're really proud of. like Imagine putting up a CD on the wall. So lame. Like, yeah, and if you have like a million of them. Maybe a million. Cool, yeah, you put a CD wall. Yeah. But like but one CD? Not cool. Not cool at all. And one, a million, a CD wall is just like a record studio. That's like, true. It doesn't look cool. Like, That's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really like, I like vinyl a lot and I think it has... It has value. It um, is weird how, like, it just died for about 15, 20 years, I guess, from the 80s and 90s, because well, it was all CD and cassette tapes. I gotta find this video. I really do, because this thing is hilarious. Um, it's it, it's basically talking about, like, the new, like, talking about CDs and how they, <laughs> they, they are. Why do they look up Audacity? It's funny. Uh, I found out cassettes came out a lot earlier than I thought they did. They came out, I think, in the 60s. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I thought I was like 70s, 80s, but they came out really early. Well, like I told you, mm-hmm. um. Maybe. What's his name? Edison was working with like tape mediums. He was doing tapes. He had his hands in every. He was trying tapes out, and it never really worked out for him in the world, but um, he tried. Yeah. Is this it? I don't know. It was like a pretty long video. About the CDs or cassettes? Huh? About CDs or cassettes? It's about about all of it. Okay, so we we let for a second because we, I paused it so I could find this video because I wasn't finding it, but we're back. So, welcome back. It's very historical. Yeah, but, okay, so here's, I'm gonna play a, a nice little... Well, let's intro it out. <clears throat> intro it out. Yeah, so this is a video of a saleswoman. I'm a news person, a news anchor. I don't know who she is. She's just some lady. It's not an ad, though. I think it's like a yeah, segment in the uh, news. It's like some... Support. Yeah, it's some weird... Yeah. But she's talking about the... Uh, just sound sound history and uh, the the new the new invention the, the new CDs the CDs compact CDs, discs compact discs yes. if you didn't so, know what it stood for here we go hey there guys uh, Flynn here just a quick note from the uh, editing room as I was putting together this this audio to put into the the thing um, I realized that there's a lot of funnier stuff in this video and so I just decided to include some of it so. Edisham and I say that it's a lady talking in the beginning, but at first it's actually a dude now. So, just so you know, we're not idiots. Uh, it's I, I, I change things up. So, there you go. Okay, cool. Thank you. The player itself is a huge advance over conventional record players because it gives you the same sort of control you have on a tape recorder. Fast forward and fast reverse scanning, pause and stop buttons, and the ability to instantly select any track you want. It's also got a little programmable memory so that instead of playing the tracks in their right order, one, two, three, four, five, and so on, you can select your own sequence in advance so that they play in any order you want. And all the while, the monitor tells you which track you're on and how many minutes and seconds it's been playing. In addition, the whole thing, all of that, uh, little computerized marvel is packed into something which you can pick up and move around like that, even shake, and nothing happens, which is quite incredible. And uh, means that it's got enormous potential uh, eventually, once in the future, it's perhaps made a little bit more compact uh, for the uh, car audio industry as well. The players are due for release at the end of 82 in Japan and the United States, in Australia and Europe, sometime in 83. They'll cost between six and eight hundred dollars, and the discs should be no more expensive than records now. In a way, it all sounds too good to be true. Other systems have, heaven knows, failed to live up to their pre-release promises to change the way we listen. Quadraphonic sound, for instance, died of starvation when not enough quad records were released. But with compact discs, we're assured there will be a rolling river of material. Seven major record companies have already signed up to produce on the system. With hardware and software both lined up, compact discs may well rule the roost at least until someone perfects a method of putting Beethoven's ninth on a silicon chip. Don't laugh. I'm assured that that day, in fact, is not too far off. This is a preview for my new episode coming out soon. Uh, the record industry. On, on the record and in the music industry. Because, uh... Flynn's got a lot of dirt. I'm about to expose... I'm about to expose some things. But, I'm probably not, actually. But oh, you will. I'm just going to talk about it, and I think it will expose itself. Uh, I think the, the light... Cool. But how about that clip? What yeah. freaked me out was it was six to eight hundred dollars for a CD player. Insanity. That's like five grand in eighties money. 
It's absolutely Down, crazy. You know what I mean? That's crazy. It's crazy. This video is great. I will post a link to this uh, on the show notes, of course. So you're welcome to go there. Um, but yeah, otherwise, that's about all we really have. Um, can buy vinyl. Uh, go support your local support it. record store. And if you get vinyl and you get a player, get a good player. Yeah, definitely get, get a good, a good one. system. You don't want to mess around with it. You don't want to get a shitty system yeah. and like have it sound mid. You have to make it right. sound what it's supposed make to be. It, yeah, for. make it worthwhile. You know? Like if you're already spending the money on the records, you might as well spend the money on a good system. Um, I, I definitely play hip hop vinyl. Yeah, I'm gonna start feel that bass. I'm gonna start getting more of this. Get a good system. Yeah, get a, a nice high fidelity system, and uh, yeah, support your local, support your local store and CD Depot especially. Kachunk, yeah. I don't know. Kachunk, eh? I don't know. Yeah, if you want to, if you're in, if you want to, um, you might as well. And um, yeah, I mean that's really. That's it. So, yeah, anything else it. you got? You got any more? You killed it. That's all I got to say. Okay, the whip. That's it. All right. Well, have a have a good night, evening, morning, everything. I don't. Shout care. out Pythagoras. Yeah, shout out to my boy Pythagoras. I don't know if you're always supposed to be in Pythagoras Studios. Oh well. Well, we're still we're still here in the we're duality. In the, we're studios. in between spaces. All right. It, it's okay. <laughs> so yeah, we're moving around. Our studio's just different now. Terrence Howard's helping out. All right. Well, you guys have a, yeah, have a lovely night. Thanks for listening if you're still here. And, um, yeah, tune in two weeks.